Welcome to the Rebel and Be Well podcast, hosted by Krista Rimel, registered nurse, founder and CEO of Lifestyle Medicine Retreat Center, The Point Retreats, which is located amidst the woods and waters of northern Minnesota. During her podcast, Krista will interview experienced and successful healthcare professionals on outside-the-box health topics. During their time together, they will have in-depth discussions with trusted medical and health and wellness leaders to discover what they do to stay well using traditional and non-traditional health practices. Experts will share not only what, but why they practice the holistic lifestyle medicine they do and the science that backs their less-than-mainstream ideas. You'll hear the real and relatable personal health struggles of healthcare providers and what rebelling outside of the traditional healthcare system did to better their lives, careers, and health. Tune in to listen and learn the mind-body-spirit practices from conventional health experts who share hope and inspiration from honest stories of healing while reflecting the scientific-based evidence to wisely guide the inner rebel inside you. It's time to rebel and be well. Welcome, Sarah, to the Rebel and Be Well podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. I would like to take a moment to introduce you to our audience and our audience to you by sharing a little bit more about your background in healthcare. So Sarah Martin is a physician assistant and certified yoga therapist at Tria Orthopedic Center in Bloomington, Minnesota. She's one of the founding members of the Integrative Medicine Program at Tria and the clinical lead. She currently sees people in clinic as an upper extremity orthopedic specialist as well as an integrative medicine provider for chronic pain. Additional training that she incorporates into her visits include yoga therapy with a certification and specialty in chronic pain, meditation and mindfulness, and functional nutrition, Ayurveda and lifestyle medicine, with an emphasis on the mind-body connection and healing and wellness. She facilitates small group yoga therapy classes for chronic pain patients in collaboration with physical therapy and leads trainings for mindfulness and meditation as well as yoga therapy for chronic pain for healthcare providers. So Sarah, thank you again for being here. And thank you most importantly for joining our team this coming April um, at our Rebel and Be Well CME for healthcare professionals that's focused on addressing burnout in our healthcare professional population. Personally, I'm really intrigued with what uh, drove you into your background of seeking out non-traditional therapies for traditional problems in healthcare, specifically with using yoga therapy. Um, and I personally have taken uh, yoga into my own exercise routine and really found a great benefit in yoga in reducing joint pain, improving my mood, decreasing stress. So I have a new interest in yoga myself. And secondary to that, and probably more importantly, is the fact that you're taking yoga and you're using it to treat some significant issues that we're having in our healthcare system today, such as our opioid epidemic. I don't know if all of our audience is aware, but that is a dire problem inside of our healthcare systems, and 80-plus people in our country die of an opioid overdose every day. And so what Sarah offers is a non-pharmacological alternative to people managing chronic pain, which is desperately needed in our healthcare space today. So I'm really excited to learn more from you, Sarah. So thanks again for being here. So I'm going to start by asking you to tell me a little more about what drew you into medicine and healthcare uh, at the beginning of your career. Yeah, well, first off, I just want to say thank you for having me on the podcast. 
So what drew me into healthcare originally, you know, I was an athlete growing up. My mom made me be an athlete. (laughs) There was a little bit of pushback for a while, but eventually I really blossomed and grew into it. And so movement in the body was my expression and it was what I was most comfortable with. So I was fascinated by it. Sure. And I, even when I was in, you know, middle school and high school, my mom will say how I would, you know, ask for books or coloring books that I could learn anatomy and physiology. So at a young age, I was really fascinated. And then when I was in college, I played college volleyball and I spent a lot of time in the training room. Sure. <laughs> so I got to know the athletic trainers very well. And I myself did some athletic training as well. Okay. And I just love the interaction with people and getting to help them to feel better and be their best self. And also just the interactions that you would have. It's just mm-hmm. a, a different dynamic. And when I was in college, I actually wanted to go into to become a PT. And one of my advisors, Wendy Stevens, who is a, a legend at, at Luther College, uh, yeah. she's an amazing woman who you know, started to talk to me about, well, what do you think about being a PA? And at that point, I actually didn't really know much about it. So doing some research and investigation, and then everything fell into place. It was like, yes, this is exactly what I want to be, mm-hmm. where I felt like I could learn so much more about the human body and then apply it to people who were suffering and help mm-hmm. them. And I was very um, empathic as a child as well. So I think that was a big piece for me. How can I help people who are suffering and how can I walk with them? Mm-hmm. And so that's always been my approach, even unknowingly, as I got into healthcare and and then you know ultimately uh, went to went to PA school. And before I went to PA school, I worked as a health educator. And that was I loved that. That was a, a really great bridging place for me to it's just a different mindset where it's mm-hmm. more of health coaching and education, even before I necessarily knew what what it was, how that would contribute to what I'm doing now. And so then after PA school, I, I was already using more of that health education perspective. What a great background to fill all the different roles that you kind of wrap yourself around in the healthcare system, right? And I'm sure being a coach in an orthopedic setting is is crucial. I mean, you have to get people through some really long recoveries, and that takes a coaching approach to get people through, you know, three, six, 12 months. Um, and, and in the chronic pain um, management, you know, model, it, that takes a lot of coaching too. So interesting background. Now, being um, a PA is certainly a more traditional role in our healthcare system. Can you help us understand a little bit more about, you know, where you fit in kind of that traditional medicine model and then where you say maybe kind of go outside the box of the traditional medicine model? For me, I'm definitely focus on balance or trying to blend. And when I first started as a PA, I was definitely very traditional and and I worked in orthopedic surgery, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of acute trauma that then it was a surgical intervention and you get them to their three month post-op and then it's like, okay, you're done. Go, Mm -hmm. go do your life. I think the traditional part of it is the acute care. Mm -hmm can really is very important, right? It's the, the component for me as in orthopedic surgery is, yeah, if you have a distal radius fracture, you know, you break your wrist and it's really bad. Your function is going to be completely altered mm-hmm. unless we do a surgery. And so that is literally, you know, putting just bones back together and getting it where it needs to be. However, 
what I found was that it wasn't as straightforward as that for some people, Mm -hmm. especially people who don't have support or had so many stressors in their life that their resiliency was low. Their pain threshold was, was altered because of all these other outside factors that were going on. Mm -hmm. And so their recovery, they may have a perfect looking uh, surgical Mm x-ray and, but their recovery was totally different. They were struggling or they were having pain that was out of proportion to Mm -hmm. what we would expect. And really through that, it was for me now, my practice is I'm trying to look at everything. So for someone that is going to have a surgery that could be very helpful for them, it's not just the structure that, that I'm looking at. It's, well, how are you sleeping? And what's your nutrition? Are you optimizing your wellness so that your healing is going to be optimized? What are your relationships like? Do you have support? How are you connecting with yourself and with nature? Uh, what are the, the mindfulness techniques? What's your stress level? So all of those things I'm looking at and, and trying to help people to get that support and get those tools so that therefore their healing can be on a more uh, routine path, right? One that will get them back to their quality of life and the things that are valuable and meaningful to them. So that'd be like the context of how it would work just even within orthopedic surgery. Cause I sure. think it's, it can be this beautiful blend of acute care that is necessary for a lot of people, but then looking at all these other factors to really help optimize the, the outcome. Right. And, and so for me, I use just the, the umbrella or the overview of yoga therapy because yoga therapy takes into consideration all of those things that I was just talking about. Yeah. It's it's seeing each person as a physical body, an energetic, a mental, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual social. So it's really considering all those things in the care that we're offering people. Mm-hmm. So, and I really tried to focus on uh, partnering with people versus necessarily treating them. Sure. So that they're involved in the process of what we are focusing our time on. And with chronic pain, which is what I now specialize in, absolutely being able to see what people, what their values are, what is it that they want to get back to, and where do they find meaning? Mm -hmm. And then based on the decisions that they're making now or the state of their, their pain, how do we work together? to come up with a plan for tools that they can incorporate into their life as well. Fantastic answer. And I think I know where I'm going next time we have a broken bone in our family. (laughs) (laughs) But but truthfully, you know, if you can incorporate mind, body, spirit medicine into orthopedics, I would say you can incorporate it anywhere because a lot of what orthopedics does is very traditional and it's addressing very acute issues in the scope of one's lifespan. Um, So, you know, you are really taking that holistic approach, which I, of course, love and, you know, resonate with. I saw a fellow PA that we both, you know, put something out on social media recently saying, is anyone else experiencing their patients having abnormal levels of pain? And do you think it's physical or emotional? And so what you've incorporated into your practice, you're really making sure that you can address it all, which I just applaud you for because your patients are really lucky to have a clinician who cares about them in a holistic way. So I love yeah, hearing for saying that. Yeah, I love hearing more about this and, and just learning more about this because like I said, if you can do it in orthopedics, I'm gonna say you can do it anywhere. So it's it's really exciting to hear. 
from an injury, mm-hmm. by definition, that's a trauma. Mm-hmm. And that is a really big thing that we're not addressing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people will say, oh, it has to be this really significant life trauma, you know, such as war or assault to have PTSD. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm finding for a lot of people is they could have a trauma just from falling on the ice or anything that is a routine everyday thing that may happen, but it can impact them at an emotional mental level so deeply. It's their nervous system that's altered. So yeah, we can do the orthopedic surgery to fix the bones. I think we are under addressing trauma, even from some simple things that happen in life. Such a great point to make because injury it does involve trauma. I mean, it it doesn't matter if it's, you know, a, a small or a big event. It's a medical event is traumatic. Anyone who's been to the hospital or had to see a, you know, a PA, a physician for an injury or a disease, an acute, you know, onset of a disease, it's traumatic. And it, it I can see where it can leave you scarred. And if you never address that, you're only solving half the problem for the person. And I don't know if this is true, but are you more likely to see a repeat injury in on top of chronic pain? Like if you start holding your body different because you're, you know, guarded because of a trauma, um, do you see that in your practice too as being a secondary, uh, you know, our consequence of not addressing trauma? Yeah, your whole nervous system is going to be more on guard. It's more hypervigilant. Mm-hmm. So by default, your your movement patterns are not going to necessarily be as natural is engaged, there's going to be more tension involved. And so that can be definitely the case where you're not breathing as deeply as well. Mm-hmm. You're not as mindful. And so you're going to be more like, I, in my opinion, you'd be more likely to fall. Cause I do see that with, with some of the people I work with. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It all makes sense, right? It's that holistic health paradigm. We, we can't just focus on one segment of it or we're missing out on really helping people heal and, you know, being true healthcare providers. So what was that moment that made you go, hey, I got to do something different than, you know, the traditional PA role. Um, so I, I'm, you know, you're seeing these other things and, and they're inspiring you to be that holistic clinician. Was there a defining moment in there that was like, yep, that was it for me personally, or maybe it was a patient that really started to change your, your way of thinking around care? I think for me, it was more of a collection of moments that happened that I put it together to realize that there was a different way. Mm-hmm. And for, for me personally, this is just my own healthcare um, stories, right. Yeah. From, from a young age. And so I, I started having um, undiagnosed or just unknown low back pain when I was uh, 17. Okay. And already I started through the system. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it really wasn't a pleasant experience. I didn't, I didn't feel confident in my providers and mm. even down to, uh, and any provider hearing me say this might flinch a little bit. I was given a cortisone injection at the age of 17 in the office by an orthopedic provider mm-hmm. for my low back pain. Literally mm-hmm. it was done without any imaging, any PT, anything else. It was, wow. I have low back pain and he's like, Oh, let's do an injection. Wow. It was so painful. And I was, I was 17. That's the other yeah. part of it too. Talk about traumatic. And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a, it was a scary experience. It was really painful. And from that, I was like, there's gotta be more to this. There's yeah. gotta be something else besides just you know, injecting me here in the office and, uh-huh. and creating all this pain. 
And so that was, you know, one of the moments that I just started to question what, what system is this? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then around sleep, that was another eye opener, Mm -hmm. all the tests, all the medications that I could possibly have. And there wasn't more of an investigation into mental and emotional health, which is, which is really what I needed. Mm -hmm. And then going down that route, more of a diagnosis of anxiety, same thing. The very first thing they offered me was medication. Mm. And I I don't love to put medication in my body. And so it was like, there's gotta be a different way to this. And so for all of these things, my answer ended up being yoga and, and specifically yoga therapy. So not just Mm -hmm. the movement, the movement was what got me into it. Sure. And then the big things were self-reflection, meditation, moving into a more restorative yoga practice, one that Mm -hmm. was very calming and soothing for my nervous system. Mm -hmm. And, and then using the movement, but in a, as a mindful meditation, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like a, I was, it's like a moving meditation that I was able to then learn about my body and what it needs and how I can truly take care of it. Okay. And so from those things, uh, I was able to then make a lot of nutrition changes mm-hmm. and, and then all of a sudden I was sleeping mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden anxiety was very minimal. And then all wow. of a sudden it was like, wow, I'm, I'm strong and my back is not limiting what I'm doing. Yeah. My pain is a lot lower. And so that was kind of my segue into yoga therapy as just such an amazing set of practices that can really transform lives. And that was right around the time that I was became a PA and I started to see it in my patients. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of people that they had issues and I, I just couldn't help them from a orthopedic surgery standpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an answer for them. And there was things that I kept noticing that a lot of people had similar. They were very overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. They were, they were teary in clinic. They had all these other factors going on in their life that they just didn't feel like they could handle. Sure. And so therefore pain was this, this other signal coming and they couldn't handle that either. Mm-hmm. And they were desperate for help. And I didn't have the tools mm. then to give them mm-hmm. until I did my yoga therapy training and then got more training in Ayurveda and mindfulness meditation and really pulled together then the tools I now have to be able to say, yeah, you have pain. And there are so many things Mm -hmm. that, that you can do for yourself to really help influence the quality of life. You really empower the patient to take a lot of control in that, which, you know, there are, there's a time and a place where we have to use pharmaceuticals, but sometimes it kind of takes away a person's power too. And when you can give them at least tools to either adjunct or substitute um, as means of, of self-care and healing, you know, that's really powerful for people. And, you know, I don't wish pain or trauma upon anyone, but I do happen to find clinicians such as yourself who've had some event like you just shared with us. And thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it gives you a different level of empathy and compassion for your patients. And if a patient's in pain, mm-hmm. 
you're not going to accomplish a whole lot else. So if you don't have tools to treat pain, you're going to find yourself with a stuck patient and probably a stuck care plan. Um, so you've done a lot of digging to get past that, which, you know, I applaud you for. And can you tell us a little more about about the yoga therapy certification. So that's really new to me. And I'm excited that I got to experience one of your classes, which I found to be incredibly just peaceful and centering. And I am really excited to share it with others. But how did you find this? Because, you know, I'm someone who feels like I know a fair amount in the holistic alternative world, and I had not heard of it before I met you. I did my yoga teacher training, my basic training in 09, And when I got done with that, I remember just thinking, I want more. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just want to learn so much more about this. And the teacher training does dive into the philosophy and, um, you know, the background and all the, a lot of the various practices. Yeah. And I knew there was still more that I wanted to tap into that I had been exposed to in different ways. And so I just started to, to research and look it up. I met with a local woman who was a yoga therapist and she was kind enough to sit down and have some tea with me and Mm -hmm. hearing her talk about the yoga therapy program, it was like, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I started to research programs and yeah, found the one that really resonated for me in terms of the the teachers who would be doing the training. Mm -hmm. And so the program I did was inner peace yoga therapy. Uh, by a wonderful woman, Michelle Lawrence. She's uh, just fabulous and a dear friend. And so I signed up for the program and it's very intensive. So it was Mm. a four week total in-person training and uh, we did it off site. So I did it in Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. And I did the training, I believe it was 2011. And so you're, you live there. Yeah. That sounds intense. So you had to leave. Very intense. Your home, yep. leave your family, leave your your mm-hmm. work for four weeks. Okay. Yep. And we did two weeks. So we did a two-week segment and then we came home and you do um, start doing case studies and then you go back for two weeks a few months later. Okay. Over time, it has even evolved more so that now it's ends up being eight, 800 to 1,000 hours mm-hmm. of training that you need to do. And then within that, there's, you know, mentorships and Mm -hmm. it's a mix of online modules, in-person case studies, things like that. Okay. But once I got done with that, I had, you know, that basic, the foundation for then being able to expand in whatever direction I really felt called to. Mm -hmm. And so one of the modules was chronic pain. Sure. And so one of my uh, mentor and... Um, another dear friend to Neil Pearson, who I'll be doing a training with him at the end of the month, okay. as well as um, hopefully we'll be bringing his, we're bringing his material to the point as well. Mm-hmm, I hope so. so that's, <laughs> yeah. So that's the chronic pain program. And so I really, I did more work with him and more training. And then from there, that was kind of my, the, the spot that I found that really, yeah. For my patient, the the patient population I work with, there was the most need for it. So those who become certified as a yoga therapist, are most of them having a background in traditional medicine or and then carrying that into a medical practice? Or are most yoga teachers or instructors who want to advance what they can offer in their yoga studios? The governing body for yoga therapists currently is 
the IAYT, the International Association for Yoga Therapists. I believe, I'm not sure if they have statistics on it. Most people I come across are yoga instructors who are expanding their their knowledge and their depth of mm-hmm. uh, yoga philosophy. Okay. I, I mentor for the Inner Peace Yoga Therapy Program, and most of the people that I'm working with there are not medical. Okay. They don't necessarily come from a medical background. There, there definitely are some. Sure. Most of them are doing some other yoga work um, where they were at a studio or doing their own private private work as a yoga instructor, and then they go on to do the yoga therapy training. How has this been accepted at uh, your more traditional system, or, or and how are you, you know, able to share this with your fellow, you know, clinicians, and how accepting are they of this and interested in it? I think, as is the case with a lot of situations, you know, you share something with someone and they're kind of like, okay, yeah, that mm-hmm. sounds great, mm-hmm. until they get the feedback from real people mm-hmm. who go through it or who experience it, or for them to experience it themselves. Sure, and so. I would say that the people who are most receptive are ones who have patients who come back and they say, look at how I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am living a higher quality of life. My pain is much more managed now because of, because of the work that they've done with me or with some of the other people in our integrative medicine program. The other thing I do is I'll do a presentation. Yeah. And so that's another great area to be able to just present what is yoga therapy, because there's a lot of misconception about it. A lot of providers still think that if you're doing yoga, you are, you know, doing more like Ashtanga, which is, you know, handstands and Mm -hmm. (laughs) contorting into positions that don't look totally natural, especially for orthopedic patients. Yes. (laughs) Especially for people that have persistent pain or an injury they're recovering from. Right. That's the last thing you want your patient to do is after a a hip replacement is, (laughs) Oh yeah. Go try to put your, perfect time. (laughs) Try to put put your foot behind your head. Yeah, I do. So I'm trying to educate. That's Mm -hmm. a big part of uh, my, my goal and my vision and so giving presentations about what integrative medicine is and what yoga therapy is, mm-hmm. the application can have. And then there have been a handful of providers who have had their own issues mm-hmm. and have shared with me. And I've been able to give them tools or strategies that they can use. And they've been very helpful. So I think that personal experience mm-hmm. also is really profound. And so just slowly over time, I think it's exposure and education and the experiential that really has lent itself to getting more support for our integrative medicine program. Sure. And now that we're growing in terms of the amount of people we're seeing Mm -hmm. and we're collecting outcomes, outcomes are always a a big thing in healthcare, right? So that's a a piece of it as well. Uh, We're working to do even more formal research over integrative medicine, yoga therapy, and its application after someone has a total knee arthroplasty. So yeah. at some point that will be coming out too. Okay. And so I think that collection of things gives people that opportunity to really see and experience mm-hmm. what's unfolding. Mm-hmm. And I think most people, when they see it, they're, they say, oh, here's another thing that I can offer 
that can help people. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, most healthcare providers, especially the ones I work with, I work with really wonderful people, just want to help people. Right. They, you know, people, people come to orthopedics because they have pain. Right. They're going somewhere for, for help. Really. Yeah. It's just like, I need some help. Yeah. And so whatever way we can do that, and we're seeing the results from it. Right. So right. I think that that at the end of the day, they, people realize this is helpful. That's kind of how incorporating something new and pioneering something new in medicine works. I, I think the culture is shifting, which is exciting that people are becoming more open-minded as we realize that the the human being is more complex, right? And we have to address everything from a psychosocial, spiritual, physical, emotional realm um, or, or we're stuck often, you know, especially when it comes to pain. So I'm excited you've had colleagues who've really embraced that and, and tried to be supportive. And of course, outcomes and evidence-based, you know, research always mm-hmm. helps support it, but you have to start somewhere and you don't usually start there. So I applaud you for just saying, you know, I'm going to start incorporating this for my patients and, and see where it goes and kind of carving that path in, in your place, in your profession to do that. Because I know that takes, you know, an element of being what we would call a rebel, right? Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> you know you're going to meet some resistance along the way. It's different. <laughs> you're challenging the norm. And that's Mm -hmm. sometimes accepted with open arms, but a lot of times in traditional medicine, that takes a while to really, um, you know, kind of stay, you know, grounded in what you want to, um, you know, bring into your practice and, you know, slowly share it with others and, you know, show the benefits. And and yeah, just I applaud you for for doing that. Um, I know you've probably have some stories of when that wasn't easy. And then now to be on this side of things where, you know, people are, are listening more and utilizing it more is really exciting. So. I think that's patience and persistence. Those are my, (laughs) that's what gets you through Two my mantra, my two words that keep me Uh, going a lot of times. I love it. So do you think your colleagues would call you a healthcare rebel? Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think they'd call me a rebel just across the board. Ah, Okay. Well, you're perfect (laughs) for the podcast. (laughs) I love it. So what would you say as a healthcare rebel is your cause? Like what really ignites you and, you know, keeps you going in both the traditional and non-traditional ways of healing others? I think my number one cause overall Mm -hmm. is to aid in decreasing suffering, contribute to other people finding more of that authentic space within themselves mm-hmm. so they're able to tune inward mm-hmm. so that they can better direct the course of their life. Mm-hmm. So that's my number one thing that I use the lens of yoga therapy for my own life mm-hmm. and then offering teaching those tools and modalities for other people mm-hmm. to move into that space of decreasing suffering. And that's one of the across all of the trainings and the teachings and uh, any literature on Mm -hmm. yoga therapy. It's working with fluctuations of the mind, regulating our thoughts or emotion, really just regulating our nervous system so that Mm -hmm. we are decreasing our suffering and we are living a engaged, authentic, connected life. I love that. What a powerful cause. Specifically in terms of even the details of that, my cause has really become to be a part of the conversation of enhancing integrative medicine, Mm -hmm. of making it a bigger movement, getting access to people. And so for me personally, that just is at right now is at TRIA Mm -hmm. orthopedic center. 
And I've been very fortunate for the the people that I work with who have been there with me along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, We started a, you know, grassroots integrative medicine committee, you know, 10 plus years ago, probably where nothing was really happening, but we were still meeting and we were still talking and we still had a vision. And so just slowly, yep. And slowly with our patients and our persistence, we just started to get a little bit more, a little bit more, and a little bit more. That's still a big part of my cause is to keep expanding the program. You know, now there's three other yoga therapists that are now teaching classes. There's two other providers like myself who are doing the the one-on-one um, consults, living well consults is what they're called okay. of lifestyle medicine and yoga therapy for chronic pain. And we're incorporating now with our pain psychologist, with a physical therapist, occupational therapist. And so we're really trying to continue just expand mm-hmm. the program. Involve the whole care team. E- exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's another cause or something that I'm very passionate about is continuing to develop that program. Mm-hmm. And along with that, what I was saying before, educate other people, providers, but also the people I work with. So patients in general to really start to shift from the mindset of that they're coming to me to fix them mm-hmm. and shifting that mindset to you're actually whole and complete. And I am here to walk with you and empower you to make the changes in your life so that you support your best self. And that's across the board of sleep hygiene, nutrition, mm-hmm. movement, meditation or mindfulness relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing is our our society, our culture really has this viewpoint mm-hmm. and for, for patients as well of I'm broken, somebody fix me. Mm-hmm. And so just the more that we can change our language around that. So I really focus on being very intentional about what I say and how I say it to people so that it can become this collaborative relationship versus I'm the expert. This is what you need to do. Right. And so I tell, I tell people, I say, I love it. If you can come in here and you can be skeptical because I want you to challenge everything I say. Mm -hmm. And I want you to experience it for yourself to see if it is your truth. You want your patients to be a rebel. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Yes. To not just, not just take, if I give you something and say, Oh, sure. I'll take this. It's like, no. Okay. Why? What is the intention of this? Mm -hmm. Is this going to move me closer to regulation? further away. So Mm -hmm. just to keep encouraging people to have, um, those kinds of thoughts in that relationship with, with all their providers too. Right. What a powerful mission, Sarah. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's, I love everything you just shared. I'm just like soaking in all of your words and wanting to come and do yoga therapy. Um, but you know, a second to that, you've really, I love that you've taken something that we all know for, you know, many years and decades that has the opportunity to be really powerful in not just fitness, but in healing and in um, putting us in a parasympathetic state and keeping our joints fluid and moving and, um, you know, clearing the stress from our minds. And, you know, all those things are so critical always, in particular after this year. But you're really taking the practice of yoga and validating its um incredible health and medical benefits. And I love that because so often we do something that we know we feel better and we don't really have all the whys behind it. You know, so for instance, when we've had our shutdowns and I haven't been able to do yoga, I hurt. 
And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, seriously, I, how am I hurting? But my old orthopedic injuries hurt when I don't do consistent yoga. And you mm-hmm. are giving me the whys behind that, which I'm like, okay, yes, I actually do have to go there every week. It is essential. Um, so thank you for just validating, you know, for people such as myself and probably many people listening that those things are really critical to health. They're not niceties. They're really essential to our health. So if our listeners want to learn more about you as a clinician and maybe learn more about yoga therapy, where can they find more information? I have a just a personal website. It's sacredhealingyoga.net. Okay. So that has information on yoga therapy itself. People can follow me on Instagram at sacredhealingyoga. Mm-hmm. Also tria.com. And if you search for living well mm-hmm. or for yoga therapy, so living well or the, the one-on-one visits I do in clinic mm-hmm. and the, then the yoga therapy, there's a whole, all the classes, the sign up for that is in a separate location. Okay. So you could search for either one of those. And then my email, if anyone wanted to contact me or had questions, yeah. is sacredhealingyoga at gmail.com. So I tried to make it easy and keep it all. You did all sacred, sacred healing, healing yoga, yoga, which was really smart. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yes. And we'll try and include that in our notes um, in the show too. So thank you for sharing all of that because I'm sure there will be people that will want to learn more. And I appreciate you sharing ways that they can uh, reach out to you personally. So can you share, you know, a, a pearl or a takeaway with our listeners today about, you know, what you think is important as we really just you know, as we look at healing and health and how we can really um, incorporate both pieces of traditional and non-traditional medicine into our healthcare system, you know, what's a pearl that you can give our our listeners today in any of those realms? The number one thing that I start when I'm working with anybody is the breath. Mm. I've found that the breath is the foundation for anything that we want to, if we want to have meaningful change Mm -hmm. in our body, in our mind, in our spirit, I always start with just working on a calm, smooth breath. Mm -hmm. Because when we do that as well, we slow down enough. So it's actually physiologically changing our system, getting Mm -hmm. us more into that regulation between parasympathetic and sympathetic. And also it's helping to draw in mindfulness, Mm-hmm. which mindfulness is such a key to anything we're going to do, whether it involves challenging our thoughts and turning into self-compassion or just emotional processing and intelligence yeah. versus the movement we do so that we find that spot where we are moving our body every day and making sure it's not too much. We can continue to challenge ourselves and not overwhelm our system. And so breath, I have found is the thing that is kind of the centerpiece for all of that. So if there's anything that people can do, I would practice breathing, Mm -hmm. calm, smooth breath, get your diaphragm involved, do more of a belly breath Mm -hmm. versus the chest and then practice it, especially a great time is like before bed, Mm -hmm. but just stop throughout your day and check in and just Mm -hmm. say, how am I breathing? Right. It's not good or bad, but by bringing awareness to it, then you can say, oh, okay, well, I'm breathing pretty shallow or I'm holding my breath. My shoulders are hunched. My jaw's Mm -hmm. clenched. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take three breaths that are calm and smooth. Let my shoulders drop, release my jaw, Mm -hmm. and just see how that changes your system, even just by taking those three breaths. Just by hearing you talk about it, I'm like, (laughs) 
<laughs> I so it's hard not to. I mean, you just kind of get called to center around your breath, which that could be a whole nother podcast, I think is the breath. Oh, yeah. And clearly mm-hmm. you could, I would be fun to do on, on that topic someday, but yeah. mm-hmm. even just that 30 seconds you just talked, I felt a change in myself physiologically. I was like, I really truthfully did. So that's such a powerful Isn't way to amazing? start. What a great reminder. Cause it's something we can all do. It's free. It's simple. It doesn't take a lot of time but it makes a difference. People have had such profound shifts in their life, including myself with beginning to just be aware of and slow down the breath. Yeah. Yeah. What a powerful mm-hmm. reminder. Thank you for that. That was great. Yeah. Going back into the uh, non-traditional versus traditional. Yeah. Especially when it comes to pain and the opioid epidemic, our goal, especially at TRIA is to transition people off of opioids. Mm-hmm. And that's where we use our model of lifestyle medicine, yoga therapy, PT, OT. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there is definitely a place for interventions, mm-hmm. procedures that, you know, that's more of the traditional. Right. And so, or other medications that are supportive. I have a lot of patients who are on gabapentin mm-hmm. and there's a place, there's a place for that to help work on the system in a very different way, right? We're just trying right. to come at it as many different ways as we can. And yeah. so the medications, some, you know, the, the procedures or the interventions, mm-hmm. and then what we're working on is then the yoga therapy, the lifestyle medicine, the PT as a sustainable change to the system mm-hmm. so that over time there's less reliance on medications or interventions. I don't want anyone to ever feel shame or guilt because they're taking no. medication because there's in our lifetime, Absolutely. it's more than likely that all of us will have a need for medication, if not multiple moments of need of medication management. I think what yoga therapy is where it's really exciting is that, you know, when we have something that was meant to do good and now, unfortunately, it's become an epidemic in and of itself of overuse. Yep. And that's certainly not just I mean, that's a, a very big umbrella of a problem in that you're offering a solution to the prescription of narcotics and opioids that people can use long-term. So yes, someone probably does need pain medication for an acute injury and Mm -hmm. they shouldn't feel bad about taking that. Absolutely. But our goal is always to keep someone on medication for as little a time as possible. Um, And so you're giving people an outlet to use that doesn't involve medicine um, and doesn't have any side effects, which I think is another important part is, you know, so much of what we do in medicine that's invasive or pharmacological can have side effects. And it's, again, oftentimes needed, but if we can keep the duration of that um, to as minimal of a time frame as possible and then move on to less um, invasive um, therapies that we can sustain without side effects, that's just a benefit for the patient. And that is absolutely my stance is that blend mm-hmm. because whether it's surgery or a medication, there is a place for all of that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's overdone in our system right now. Yeah. And so that's where my role is hey, let's use those as we need to. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, let's make the sustainable changes to your system so that there isn't a reliance, as much of a reliance on them. Right. And especially with opioids, whether it is addiction to them, yep. right? So addressing that uh, through yoga therapy is can be a, just a wonderful application working with addiction. Mm-hmm. And right, so that then it is getting people back mm-hmm. to their own balanced state where then the reliance on the opioids 
is less and less over time. Right. Which is so critical for you, Sarah, as you look at helping a patient make those transitions and overcome some of those hurdles. If you didn't have the tools in your toolbox of, say, yoga therapy, well, what else do you do? You kind of get stuck then of going to those, you know, things that are kind of more traditional in nature when you don't have any other any other tools to pull out to go, hey, are you open to trying this or can we go this route? Which is why it's so critical that we start to have practitioners like you who have other alternative options for our patients whose pain didn't go away in that cute time frame that we hoped that it would um, with the intervention or with the um, you know pharmacology. And so we know we have to transition to something else but not everybody has that tool in their toolbox. So I'm grateful that you do. Yeah. And the word that you said too, I come across it so often is shame mm-hmm. around pain, around taking medication, around surgery or an intervention. And absolutely my, the thing that I want to work with people on is this is not your fault. Mm-hmm. And within that, let's continue to work on giving you the confidence so that you can make the choices you need to, to make for yourself. Mm-hmm. Knowing that if you if you need a medication for a period of time or a surgery or an intervention, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. I'm here to help people use that self-reflection to mm-hmm. and discernment to determine really what is the best thing for them. Right. While at the same time, Uh, letting them know that self-compassion is such a huge part of pain care. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Being gentle on ourselves and knowing no matter when we do the work and how hard we are putting our energy into it, Mm -hmm. the changes a lot of times are slow. And so to, you know, keep that patience and that persistence, right. Right. They're moving through it. But the self-compassion because shame can be a big part of it, or they hear that from other providers. Yeah. Well, you didn't work hard enough in PT or mm-hmm. you're not, you know, doing this certain thing the way I want you to. Mm-hmm. And that can be a really heavy burden that changes the system too, so that it's more in that hypervigilant state. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up that word shame because so many people have that about, they feel like they fail if they can't get off their medications. And it's like, no, there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. And that's a great we, point to make. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is, I mean, I think both of us can attest to in our experience with, uh, managing patients' pain, it doesn't do any good to shame or, or com- combat the pain or, you know, minimize it because you just have to take it for face value mm-hmm. and validate it. And that's when I think you kind of start to put that barrier down to healing because it's really not our place as healthcare professionals to do anything, but just hear the pain and accept it and then do what we can to help it. Um, it's not our job to judge it. Absolutely. I think those are really important points to make and, and you do a really good job. I mean, gosh, I've gotten a greater appreciation for that and that whole paradigm of a patient's pain going from kind of that acute stage to that chronic stage of really making them feel validated and cared for and given such a dose of, of compassion, you know, from you, which, gosh, like who doesn't need that when they're in chronic pain or pain in Everyone. general? Yes. Everyone. So, and, and that's the thing. All pain is real and it can be physical, mental, mm-hmm. emotional, spiritual, mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. And that validation is huge for the healing process. 
Absolutely. So thank you for being someone who's mindful of that, um, because mm-hmm. that is really important or else we're kind of like taking one step forward and two steps back, I feel, in the process. Um, so, you know, to be a healer, right, you have to heal with your words and heal with your presence and heal with your approach. Mm-hmm. So you're doing that. So I think that's phenomenal. I'm, I'm glad that we took a deep dive into this because it's important for people to hear these things from um, clinicians such as yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you for hearing me out too and letting me talk. (laughs) Okay. Now here's the fun part. Oh Um, yes. I've been so excited about this. I know the really fun part where we're going to go a little off topic. Um, Not that our Mm -hmm. topic isn't really fun too, but we're going to learn a little bit more about Sarah personally here as I ask her a few fire round questions. So tell us the top three health habits that you have seen make the biggest difference in your life or your patients' lives. Nutrition, mm-hmm. been a huge one. Stress management, which is a big, and that's a, a big a umbrella. Big umbrella. Just being just being aware of stress, and then using the techniques to like the breath. I mean, the yeah. breath is the number one. Yeah. So the stress management, then using breath and um, mindfulness to alter within that, or to have more coping strategies for it. Right. And then emotional processing and intelligence. Ooh, that's so good. I know. Yeah, That's, really good. I think, such a key one when people start to just be aware of their felt sense of emotion and then process mm-hmm. it instead of distracting from it or pushing it away or ignoring it. Mm-hmm. It completely alters people's systems. Of the points, five pillars, okay, and it's nutrition, movement, sleep, restoration, and community. Which is the easiest for you to incorporate into your life and which takes the most effort for you? Nutrition's the easiest. Okay. Sleep, sleep is the most difficult where I have to, and I've always had sleep issues, so I have to be on my game yeah. to, uh-huh. to get the, the sleep regulated. Okay. Favorite supplement? Melatonin. Melatonin. Yeah. And <laughs> which ties to I, sleep. I, I, yeah. yeah. And I don't always take it. But it's the one that I take when I'm off on my sleep and I'm yeah. like, oh, I'll just, I'll take this and this will help. So that's been very helpful for me. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you ready for a little round of this or that? Are you an early riser or a night owl? Night owl. I night. wish I could be an early riser. I just, it's really been hard for me to do. So I, <laughs> I love to be up at night. Cake or pie? Cake. Specifically, triple chocolate mousse cake. Ooh, you have a specifically. Okay, did everyone hear that request? Okay, we got it. I think I eat cake once a year on my birthday, and it's a triple chocolate mousse. Triple chocolate mousse. Okay, well, if you happen to be nearby on your birthday, I'll make sure that we have that in hand. Tea or coffee? Tea. And specifically, Ticino dandelion root with caramel, I think. That's so delicious. That's a specific tea. Is it the taste or is it the benefits of the tea? Both. Okay. It actually has, I mean, it has very much a, like a bitter coffee taste to it. Yeah. So it's one I also recommend to people if they're trying to get off coffee, but uh-huh. still want that like bitter. Okay. So it's, it's fabulous. And it's got, you know, it's dandelion, chicory, um, dates, almonds, all kind of blended up hmm. in herbal form. Here's my last one for you. Would you prefer a massage or acupuncture? Massage and specifically shiatsu. So actually it's kind of a blend. Uh-huh. But I love the the pressure and the touch. And do you have a certain practitioner that you see or do you go anywhere in particular? I go to the amazing Anna Preston. Mm. And that's who I send a lot of people to as well. She's in St. Louis Park. Mm-hmm. She's phenomenal. She's very gifted. So that's who I, I try to go 
monthly Uh if I can. For your body work. I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Well, that was really fun. It's good to get to know a little bit of your personal side of preferences and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. and habits. So thank you for being open to sharing that with us. Oh, I love, I love fire rounds. That was so great. So again, if you can just say one more time, the easiest way for people to reach you if they want to learn more. Sacredhealingyoga.net. Okay. Tria.com under living well or yoga therapy, Instagram, sacred healing yoga. And then my email, sacredhealingyoga at gmail.com. Okay, perfect. And I just want to let um, our audience know also that Sarah will be joining us and offering yoga therapy at our April 2021 Continuing Medical Education Retreat for Healthcare Professionals, again, focusing on burnout, which I think as we, we've we had this conversation, using yoga therapy as a way to treat burnout and prevent burnout is a fantastic avenue um, for um, treatment and prevention. So I'm really excited to incorporate that. And even more exciting, we've been talking with Sarah and a colleague of hers, Julie, um, another yoga therapist, about offering a certification program at The Point in May of 2022. So please keep your eyes and ears open for that if you're interested in learning more about the yoga therapy certification. And if you'd like to learn more about The Point Retreats, you can find us on our website at The Point Retreats treats.com. Uh, we have a Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn handle point retreats. Otherwise, I want to thank everyone for listening today and learning more about Sarah and her traditional and non-traditional practices in medicine. We hope this podcast inspires you to rebel and be well. Thank you. I hope you'll join us next week as we have Dr. Loie Lenars, who will be joining us. Dr. Lowy is a physician, educator, and facilitator who works with individuals and teams to help them develop their capacity to maintain resilience and passion in their work. She focuses on courage and renewal in the healthcare space for clinicians and other healthcare professionals. You've been listening to the Rebel and Be Well podcast, hosted by Krista Reimel, registered nurse, founder, and CEO of Lifestyle Medicine Retreat Center, The Point Retreats, which is located amidst the woods and waters of northern Minnesota. If you'd like to ask Krista Reimel or one of our past or upcoming guests a question that will be aired on a future show, simply call 612-352-9177 and leave a message. Please know that when you leave a message, it may be used in whole or in part on a future podcast episode. Again, that phone number is 612-352-9177. Please hit subscribe on whatever podcast source you found us on and rate and review our show. We'd love to hear feedback. Rebel and Be Well is recorded at the studios of Minnesota Podcasting located in St. Paul, Minnesota. Find them online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast or those of the individual participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or policies of The Point Retreats, Minnesota Podcasting, or any other organization. All medical issues, concerns, diagnoses, medications, and treatments must be managed by your doctor. We do not replace any clinician's medical advice or treatment. Join us next time for Rebel and Be Well.